Hello and welcome to the Matt Belair podcast. As an explorer of the mind and world, author and coach, I have spent a lifetime learning how to push my limits and achieve my highest potential. My mission is to bring you the most inspiring, conscious, and empowering teachers, leaders, and thinkers on the planet. To bring you stories, lessons, and messages that will help you master your mind, body, and spirit. Thank you so much for listening, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Good day and welcome, you wonderful human being. Such a privilege and honor to be with you as always. We have an incredible episode for you today. We have Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan, and we go into super wellness, superhuman, and the six keys of health. This is an excellent podcast. There are tons of practical takeaways and incredible knowledge. We talk about the six keys of health. We talk about Wim Hof breathing and cold training. We talk about uh, a new and empowering definition of health, Um, the health journey. Um, We talk about so much stuff. We talk about thoughts. We go into mindset. We talk about the quality of water. We talk about activating DMT. We talk about her incredible dark room retreat center. So this really spans the entire spectrum of um, practical health knowledge, um, philosophy, um, perspective, and also human potential, super wellness and uh, superhuman kind of thing. So you're going to love this episode. I know you're going to enjoy it. If you like it, please take screenshots as you go along, share and social media, share Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you tag me at at Matt Belair. Um, Those shares really go a long way. Uh, Thank you so much for those of you who have left a review on iTunes. Taking a moment to leave a review is super helpful. Um, And thank you so much to the people supporting me on Patreon. I want to thank Heather Mattoon very much for becoming a patron. All of you guys who are contributing on Patreon, thank you so much. Um, If you want to support the show and the work, go to www.patreon.com forward slash Matt Belair. Uh, Thank you so much for all of you who are doing that. And the best thing that you can do is do one kind act today to support the podcast. Even better, take the kindness challenge, do three kind acts a day for a week, go out of your way to do it, um, and then write me. Let me know how it went, how your experience was, because there's a chance you're going to get a universal wink. Something weird is going to happen that's just for you to show you that you're on the right path. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. I have decided to open up my coaching a little bit more, so I've designed a 12-week program for two types of people. The first First is somebody looking to cultivate. They don't know where they want to go, but they want to live a life of meaning, purpose, um, define their vision, align their vision, um, and just create it from scratch. They don't don't know where to start. So this is 12 weeks for you to help define your vision, um, overcome limiting beliefs, create a plan and a strategy, and begin to execute on a vision in in a way that's meaningful and inspirational to you. And the second is because I have a corporate background, peak performance background, it is for entrepreneurs, business owners and high performers. And this is visionary coaching talking about peak performance, flow state, um, and leveling up to that high, high level, that superhuman level, like the Wim Hofs, like the athletes that can do something that have never been done. So this is elite peak performance type of scenario. And this is for entrepreneurs, 
founders, CEOs, and business owners. So if you guys are interested in that, go over to mattbelair.com, fill out the form, um, send me an email, and I'm happy to share with you what I've spent a lifetime figuring out from Shaolin Masters and everybody in between in these incredible podcast guests. Uh, I want to thank my podcast sponsor, Himalaya Podcast App. They are awesome. They're free. They're easy to use. It is designed with the podcast listener in mind to build community to find similar podcasts to make it easy and fun to use. So when you're over there, make sure to give the master mind, body, and spirit show a follow. And they're over at H-I-M-A-L-A-Y-A on iTunes and the iStore, as well as for Android. So let's get into this episode if you are ready. But before we do, let's take in a deep breath in through our nose. Holding that breath and just setting the intention to come to total peace and presence now. And just let that breath out slowly with all the worries, all the self-limitations, all the self-criticisms and coming to a state of peace, presence and personal empowerment. All right. We are ready to get into this incredible episode with Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mastermind, Body and Spirit Show. I'm your host, Matt Belair. Today's guest is a holistic Chinese medicine doctor, author, speaker, and coach who has devoted her life to unlocking the secrets of our human potential. She shares a refreshingly new approach to wellness that integrates science, medicine, and spirituality. Her story began in 2003 with a series of meditation-induced mystical experiences, which gave her extraordinary insights into our human possibilities. She believes that health is our birthright. She has been featured on CNN, Yoga Journal, The Goddess Project Documentary, and more. Her academic background includes a doctoral degree from Five Branches University in Endocrinology and Neuromuscular Medicine, a graduate degree from American College of uh, Traditional Chinese Medicine, and a bachelor's with honors in applied mathematics from Harvard University. She helps visionary pioneers become masters of their energy, alignment, and joy so that they can lead and serve at their highest levels. Weaving together ancient wisdom and modern science, her book, Super Wellness, is a practical and powerful distillation of her entire life's work. Welcome to the show, Dr. Edith Ubuntu Chan. Thanks so much for having me, Matt. I'm so honored to be here. Everybody knows what a powerhouse you are and what an amazing community you've created. So it's really a big honor to be here today. Oh, wow. Thank you. That was a sweet intro I didn't see coming. I appreciate that. I feel warm and fuzzy. Thank you. Well, we had a, we had a really amazing brief chat and I'm super stoked to get into this. Um, why don't you let people know a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are today, because there's a lot. Wow, where to jump into this story? You know, I think your audience is aware of many lifetimes and all the multidimensional states of reality. So from the 3D this lifetime perspective, I'd say my story probably began when I was four years old. I grew up in Hong Kong which is like a big hopping metropolis, busy, very, you know, like modern place. My parents were always very good about, well, we had an uncle who's an MD and aunt who's the head nurse at this hospital. We always got great Western medical care. But one time when I was four, my dad had this back pain and my, my sister had this ankle sprain. It was always swollen and nothing was helping. So finally, 
this family friend said, hey, why don't you guys go see this like Chinese Qigong healer? He emits the qi and heals people when nothing else is working for them. Just give it a try. So giving away my age here, this was probably in the early 1980s, way before PubMed database, Yelp reviews, nothing like that, right? There was no like um, online ways in which you can figure out if somebody is a quack or if they're the real deal. So it was a big risk. My family went and, you know, I remember I was like dressed in, um, you know, those velour warm-up suit outfits? I was dressed in my favorite purple velour warm-up suit. Oh, I want to see a picture of that. (laughs) Um, And I just, I remember it so vividly because in one session, this guy with a big belly emitted his chi and my dad's back pain was gone. And in one session, my sister's ankle swelling went way down. And I thought, did I just really see that with my own eyes? You know, I'm four years old, and instantly when I saw that, I thought, that's what I'm going to be when I grow up. That's what I'm going to do when I grow up. So I told all the adults, hey, when I grow up, I'm going to be a Chinese healer. And everybody thought, oh, how cute. First of all, it's really rare for girls or women to learn this kind of art. Second of all, back in those days, you basically have to stop going to school and apprentice with some old master, like learn their ancient Chinese family secrets. And so my parents, with the best intentions, they said, no, you should go to school, get a good job, get good grades, go to college. You know, you know that story. So they had the best intentions and they said, you're not going to go become an apprentice with some crazy Chinese healer even though his stuff really worked for us, you know? So they just had the best intentions. They didn't want, and most of all, back in those days, it was like really hard to make a living as a shaman or a healer, you know? It's luckily times have changed. People are really tapped in now. But back in the 80s, it was like, uh, it was not what you would want for your children. So I thought, okay, if I can't be a Chinese healer, then I want to be an astronaut. So after months of begging everybody to let me go learn Chinese medicine, nobody would let me. So I said, my second choice is to be an astronaut. And so everybody said, you have to be really, really good at math and science to become an astronaut. And since I'm talking to you and your community, we all know that as kids, we have multidimensional awareness. I had awareness of the stars and beings beyond this earth and all this stuff. And I had nobody to talk to. I thought being an astronaut would get me access to that realm, right? Um, anyway, fast forward, I graduated from Harvard with a math degree because I got really good at math and science and engineering. And, um, and then I forgot about the astronaut thing because the dot-com boom was starting. There were all these high-paying jobs and I started working in software and I was a rock star at it, really just rising through the ranks, getting promotions, getting employee of the year award. And I was miserable. I was about 15 pounds fatter than I am now. I had acne. I had stomach pains. I was always getting sick, headaches, horrible debilitating menstrual cramps. Now, in hindsight, I realize it's just because I was not doing my life's work. I was doing what I was good at, what I was highly paid to do, but I was not doing my life's work. And it was literally making me sick. 
So in my book, I tell this story of this moment, being invited to this senior meeting at this company that I was working at. I wasn't very senior, but I had a job that was like um, bridging between technology and business development. So I had this ability to translate technical requirements into business requirements and back and forth. That's always been my gift, this ability to translate language between systems. And I was so excited to be invited to this super high up meeting. And when I walked in, it was like the record player just went eh, to screeching to halt. When I realized as I looked around the room, these uber successful high level senior execs in this company, they were all stressed out, frazzled, aging prematurely, just like I was didn't look particularly healthy or happy. And I can't know what's going on within their lives, but as I looked around the room, I realized that I didn't actually aspire to be like any of them. And this voice in my head said, is this really what you wanna be when you grow up? In that moment, suddenly I just like, I had amnesia, but all of a sudden the memory of what I really wanted to be when I was four years old just came crashing back in. And I had this like flashback of that moment where I watched this Qigong healer heal my father and heal my sister. And I was like, wait a minute. I always wanted to be a Chinese healer. What happened? Why am I here living somebody else's life? And so right after that meeting, I went to my desk and started researching how I could become a Chinese medicine healer. And that was almost 17 years ago now, 16 and a half years ago, I changed my career. I kind of cold turkey quit my job. It was just in hindsight, kind of one of those stupid things that young people do in your 20s when you don't have too many responsibilities. Now I have a, a home, a kid, and a lot more responsibility. I would plan ahead way better, but I didn't really have savings. I just cold turkey quit. And so I had recently just met my now husband and we moved into this eight foot by eight foot room. Just I totally downsize me in a one suitcase, my bike, his bike, my cat, one little futon, all squeezed into an eight foot by eight foot room. But we were so happy. We ate rice and beans or sometimes just rice, no beans, because we were just struggling to get by. But I had never been more happy in my life. And that's how I changed my career and started studying Chinese medicine. And this amazing Qigong master named Dr. Fu took me in as apprentice. I went to school. I was with like-minded people who were healers and super smart, but also super good-hearted and people who love to practice Qigong and Tai Chi and yoga and spend time in nature and talk about cosmology and how to make the world a better place, how to heal the planet, how to heal humanity. It was just like, finally, I found my people. And finally, I felt totally at peace and at home in my life even though I was just squeaking by with rice and beans, I had never been more happy and healthy in all of my various ailments, like the 15 pounds disappeared, the acne went away, the gut pain, the menstrual cramps, the headaches, all of that stuff just vanished. Yeah, and so now fast forward 16 plus years later, I wrote this book called Super Wellness, which is the distillation of the absolute best thing for the book, self-care and self-healing tools, 
that I not only learned in Chinese medicine school, but really it comes from nearly 40,000 hours of working one-on-one -on -one with clients and really distilling down the essence of healing and self-care and most importantly, how to have an awesome life, a really fulfilling, joyful life that's deeply in alignment. And as a side effect, you have health, wellness, energy, all those things can happen as a side effect of living life in a certain way. That sounds epic. I love how I would love your parents, like at the time, just being like, I'm going to be this like magical, you know, Chinese medicine healer. And they're like, no, 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 no I don't know about that. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to be an astronaut instead. You're like, oh my God, <laughs> just like, yes. you got some huge aspirations. And there's actually this uh, incredible short that I saw recently on YouTube about this little girl who wants to be an astronaut. Uh, it's a really beautiful story, actually. Um, but that's what it reminds me of. So that's incredible. And I love how like, you are one smart son of a gun, like graduating Harvard and mathematics. Like that's not a slouch thing. That's, that's real intelligent. And then you're on the other side too, of like looking at human potential. And I think that in our world, um, we've got these really uh, smart, logical people in sciences and we need to also broaden our um, scope of like understanding and what we think is possible, right? Not just, mm -hmm. just because we can't prove it doesn't mean it's real, but we also shouldn't go way off the deep end and just say it works and it doesn't work, but like open to testing. So I think that you're a great example of, of bridging both of those worlds. So I figured we would start, we can go any way you want. There's a lot here, but I figured we start practical because you have like the six keys of health. Like if somebody's out there and they want to like live vibrant and they're maybe they're unhealthy or they're like me and they're pretty healthy and they want to like max it out you know i've been doing your your forward is written by wim hof i can't wait to see the book but i've been doing cold training recently and i say i'm not doing wim hof i'm going to but i want to test my own body in the coldest temperatures that i can find and see what it does and that's what i've been doing um and so doing things like that it, it's a mind body spirit experience to push myself so I'll, I'll just hand it back and see what you have to say to that okay first of all I am such a huge fan of Wim Hof. Anybody listening out there, if you don't know what, what, who Wim Hof is, you've got to run out and look up Wim Hof. There's a great documentary on Vice. Just look up Vice Wim Hof and you'll find out all about him. And of course, please read the amazing foreword. I'm so honored that he did the foreword for my book. He is a beautiful example of a new kind of human being that is being born on the planet right now. And I know there's a lot of us out there. We're all just doing our little piece of the puzzle. Everybody's doing their part and there's no, like nobody's on a pedestal or anything. We're all here exploring the next level of our potential together. So it's so fun when we get to meet each other and kind of share our bits and pieces of wisdom and experience and collaborate and kind of weave together a new possibility. Um, so what I've discovered and this is the crux of the super wellness book, is that we've been told a whole lot of lies. And even though I have multiple graduate degrees from Chinese medicine schools, even sometimes what we learn in Chinese medicine school, there's like the thousands of years of knowledge and wisdom and experience of Chinese medicine, but then it's filtered through writings and teachings of humans that have been also subjected to certain filters that our society has programmed us with. So I learned certain things. I got straight A's in Chinese medicine school, passed my board exams with flying colors. But then when I started practicing in clinical practice, that's when I started 
kind of blowing my own minds that even the system of Chinese medicine that I was taught through my schooling sometimes was making things way too complicated. And we all know Western medicine tends to conventional medicine since you have a very open-minded audience. I'm sure everybody listening to this agrees that conventional medicine is really good at symptom management, saving lives, but is really horribly lacking in looking at the root causes of health. In fact, Western medicine doesn't even have a definition of health. They think that health is the absence of illness or disease. But I always say, hey, do you know a healthy person? Have you ever met a healthy person on this planet that has never ever gotten sick, never ever gotten injured? Right? Everybody laughs when I ask this. It's like, yeah, of course not. So health is not the absence of illness or disease. What if health is something else? What if health is your ability to open to new possibilities, to respond to life's ups and downs, to bounce back from stressors, right? What if health is our ability to learn and grow from every experience of life, including the experience of catching a virus and bouncing back quickly and developing lifelong immunity to it. That's a miracle that happens. We live in a world where we're like, oh no, I don't have time to be sick or injured. Well, what if your body's actually developing a miracle of lifelong immunity? It's like, give it a second, you know? If you strain something when it heals, it's actually stronger than ever before. If you have a fracture, everybody knows this, after you heal, that place where that bone fractured is stronger than it ever was before. So what if health is this ability to nourish and support ourselves to recover and bounce back from the stressors of life and be stronger, better, faster, fitter, wiser than ever before? If you have that definition, you have a whole different approach, right? You welcome the challenges of life instead of run away from it. If you have symptoms or different things that kind of like life throws you curveballs, instead of running away, you pay deeper attention. You really go into it and do your best to learn and grow from these experiences. And so we start with that conversation in super wellness is like, we, that's like such the foundation that we have to start with in this society, you know? And there's so many things about our society that has pulled us way, way away from these simple fundamentals that changes the entire game. Like I was recently invited to talk at Reddit. Do you know Reddit, the company? And um, the moderator was like, Dr. Edith, can you please tell us about mindfulness? Right, because everybody wants to learn about mindfulness. In the Silicon Valley like tech arena, everybody has something to say about mindfulness in the workplace and so on and people get all these apps for mindfulness and I was like you know let me ask you guys this I looked around it was a bunch of super young smart go-getters it was right after lunchtime and I was like hey don't look at your phone right now but do you know your phone's battery level to the nearest 10 percent just right now, don't look at your phone. And everybody in the audience, everybody raised their hand. And I was like, you know what? The research shows that on average, smartphone users are checking their phones 150 times a day now. 
I was like, you guys are really good at mindfulness. You're super good at mindfulness about your phone. Everybody without even know, looking at your phone, you know that your phone's battery is 30, 40% or 40 to 50% or 80, 90% right now, right? So everybody knew. So I said, okay, what about your body and your physiology? How is your energy right now on a scale of 10? And people were like, um, and we started laughing. I was like, do you even know you have a body still? You have a body. And so we just sit up nice and tall or stand up. And I guided them to take a couple deep breaths. I said, scan your body on a scale of 10. How is your energy right now? And people yelled out three, four, because they have like a little bit of food coma after lunchtime, you know? I was like, if your phone is at 30 or 40% battery, won't you be a little bit anxious? Like you need to go plug it in pretty soon because you still have half a work day to go, you know? So I said, that's mindfulness. It's nothing complicated. It's like remembering you have this amazing body that requires love and tending and is here to serve you. It is brilliant. It is magical. It is so elegant, but it needs some love and attention from time to time. So what if you check your phone 150 times a day? What if you just check your body, your physiology, your energy three times a day? That could be a total game changer right there, right? As soon as you realize I have an energy of three or four, I'm going to do something. And most people would run to Starbucks and get some coffee or something. But in this case, I just had people stand up do some Qigong practices, really simple Qigong, nothing complicated. Do a set of 10 or 20 or 30 huge deep breaths to hyperoxygenate themselves. Do some pat down, move your joints. And then I said, okay, now on a scale of 10, how are you guys feeling? And everybody was at a 10. And it would take like 10 minutes, five minutes to do that. And so you think about this, it's like, Everybody out there is walking around like zombies, like they're a victim of all this stress in their life. But what if, if we do the world's simplest little self-care and do it consistently every day? Every time you do it, you have an, a more awesome day. And if you do it day to day, you have a completely different life. It doesn't have to be so complicated. Like we all know that when we bring a different kind of energy to a situation, the whole vibe of the situation changes. And you know, this idea of heart coherence and brain coherence has become so popular. We know that we all emit measurable energy frequencies an electromagnetic field is being radiated from our hearts and our brains into the environment and into the field all the time. I think now people are conscious not to litter, to recycle, not to, you know, pollute the world. But in some ways, we our next evolution is becoming aware of the energy, whether we can use our self-cultivation to clean up the energy field or to pollute the energy field. We're becoming conscious that our self-care is not just for us, but it's for everybody around us.
Wow. Well, you said a lot there that I definitely agree with. And I think that where you started with like the fundamentals, it's like, what's your base operating system? It's like, what is the foundation you're building your perspectives on or your core beliefs around health and life? And then the other thing that you hit on was mindfulness um, and the idea of just like the self-check. And the example that I use is kind of like we wake up and we're on a treadmill and we just go all day. There's no, there's no stopping it. Right. And if you could add a stop, three stops a day, even just one stop a day. That's one stop that you have where previously you might not have had at check-in like for the last six months or year or two years. You just like run down and you're like, okay, I'm on this thing and life has got me and I'm going. And then obviously you're stressed out and you're disempowered and you're, um, you know, you feel like you're out of control and, and helpless. And so it's a simple thing, but that's why breath is so important, right? Because it's a yeah. thing that you can control. It's like yeah. you're when people said one of the things that I like to do sometimes is like, if you're really stressed, I'm like, okay, think about this problem that you have. And I get them to breathe all the way in. And I'm like, don't, and then hold your breath. Right. And then I just make them hold it until I know they can't hold it anymore. I was like, are you thinking about the thing you're stressed out about? And they're like, no. I was like, there you go. Yes. <laughs> I know. It's so simple. It's so mind blowing that most people won't do it because it's too easy actually. Mm. that's that's mm. something we should question it's like who who are we if we're not a victim of life anymore damn who are we if we take total full personal responsibility we can't play the blame game anymore at our house i love to like my i have a four-year-old boy and my husband and and we're like hey you didn't take away take out the dishes from the dishwasher you said you're gonna do the trash or put away the toys and we go blame game blame game blame game because we know that as humans, we love to point our fingers and blame somebody else. But if we talk more seriously about this, like there's so many things that is messed up about our society right now that we're all complaining about. But I think we need to point the fingers back at ourselves and see where we can take more personal responsibility. And we're all part of this. I'm not saying this to be judgmental. We're all incarnated on the planet to be part of the story and this drama and and figure out where we can contribute the best we can to our little piece of the puzzle. You know, literally if each of us mind our own business, focus on healing ourselves, focus on bringing our best version of ourselves to every situation, we'd have absolutely a completely different world. Instead of focusing our energy, pointing our fingers, blaming everybody else but ourselves, right? Yeah, that's a really powerful and important insight because I think that a lot of my audience and a lot of people out there that like when they look in the world and they have compassion, um, they're just like, oh my God, it's so terrible out there. Then like you start to grow in certain ways, learn new concepts and have a bit of experience. And then you're like, oh, now everybody needs to know this. And you go out there and you like get the signs and the banners, you tell everybody, but it seems like nobody gives a crap. (laughs) And that's, and that's a part of the process. Um, and the best way to make an impact is just to be that example. And an easy way that I like to say is like, if everybody's stressed out and out of shape and 400 pounds and like has diabetes and is just struggling and you're just in shape and you're vibrant and positive and enthusiastic and you got your crap together and you you handle challenges with grace. It's not like it's all easy. It's just like you handle it better. And I'm still learning that I handle challenges, real crap sometimes, Um, you know, and it's just, trying to like, okay, improve on it the next time. But that's the best way that you empower other people in your community. And it it puts the power back on you because you're the only one, like you're the main player in your reality. 
You're not playing anyone else's character. This is the one that you can control and you have the environment coming in. Um, I want to let you add on that, but there's, I'm curious about a few things and I'll let you go with it. Um, I want to ask you like, again, like the concepts you, you have like an acronym, I think the most important concepts for your book to get to like super health that might be simple and complicated. I don't know what you might think about, um, change, like the, how do we change the world? Cause I think that's a good question for you. Seem like a very smart cookie and, um, then human potential and like what you think is actually going on here. And so I wanted to kind of see that, um, three categories so you could pick as you wish. So much. Okay. Um, <laughs> I know. So I will guide you through this H E A L T H journey. That is kind of the core of super wellness. We call them the six dimensions because they're, they all kind of support and synergize with each other. Um, they're not independent on, of each other. So we have this acronym H E A L T H, which are the six key dimensions of super wellness and H the very first step is what we already alluded to, which is coming home to ourselves. Before we do anything else is understanding that we are the boss and CEO of our own lives. And I always joke with people, people think that it's our doctor's job to take care of our health. Probably not so much your audience because you guys are very self-empowered people. But I always say like, how long is your average doctor's appointment? Like 10, 15 minutes, once or twice a year? How long is your doctor's appointment with yourself? 24 seven, 365, decade after decade. Who in the world is ever gonna know you better than yourself? And that's not to say we don't listen to all the experts out there, but check that against your own inner guidance, what resonates for you, what doesn't resonate for you. And that sounds like such a simple and obvious first key to look at, but notice every time you feel stressed out, frazzled, is it because you've forgotten how powerful you really are? You've forgotten to listen to your own inner guidance first, what resonates, what doesn't resonate. And also, what's your personal definition of health? We kind of alluded to this before. It's just like, what do you want? Obviously, if you want to be healthy, and we know that health is not the absence of disease or illness, what is health to you? then your lifestyle choices can align to that vision of health and well-being that is true for you. So don't listen to anybody else on over what your inner guidance says is your definition of health, the kind of quality of life that you want to cultivate yourself. So H stands for coming home to ourselves. And also as part of the H journey, we talk about just all the really simple best bang for the buck stuff you already have access to that you just don't give yourself permission to do. We do little journaling exercises in our classes where it's just like, okay, everybody thinks that to be healthy, you gotta eat right and exercise. But we all know that guy or that girl that doesn't have the healthiest diet or workout every day, but is super healthy and vibrant. What's up with that? And we all know that person who's super militant about their diet works out every day and they're still struggling with some kind of chronic disease. What's up with that? Right? So I say, when we start a health journey, throw all that stuff away. Do the easy low hanging fruit things. Like besides diet and exercise, what do you already know you're so hungry for? Are you hungry for some nature time? Are you hungry for breath? Are you hungry for a good night's sleep? Are you hungry for a hug, for music, for laughter, for some comedy again? 
right? And we forget that those things are so free, so easy, so available, we don't put value on it. So part of coming home to ourselves and realize, is realizing how abundant our life already is with all of these really amazing, beautiful components of health we already have access to anytime, anywhere for free. We just have to give ourselves permission to enjoy life in that way again. So that's coming home. The second, it segues very smoothly, the second component of super wellness, E, is looking at your environment. That's a huge deal because most of us are like zoo animals, living in cages. I heard, I heard a TED talk by a woman who studied, um, studies nature or how nature affects our um, health and physiology and crime rates and ADHD children focus better and all this stuff. And she said that the research started because zoo, zookeepers were discovering that animals were dying at alarming rates because they were put in a cage. They had the, the right air and water and sunshine and food, but they didn't have the right environment that mimicked their evolutionary wild environment and they were dying. So actually now we're seeing that we're dying at alarming rates because we live in these awful square boxes with artificial light. We don't, our, we don't ground our energy. We don't go barefoot on bare earth. We don't hug the trees. We don't physically touch nature. We're not getting the benefits of full spectrum light. We know that light really influences our physiology and also our consciousness. It can influence our hormones, our reproductive cycles. So many of our modern diseases has to do with how light and darkness cycles are thrown so much out of whack that our circadian rhythm is totally out of balance. We don't know day from night. We don't have good energy during the day and we don't sleep soundly at night. And a lot of chronic disease just comes from that. So very simple, bringing it back down to the super basics of health. And in this society, we really need to have this conversation. It's like, can you give yourself full spectrum light again during the day? Stop living like a vampire. Can you turn off the screens at night and actually sleep in complete darkness? Can you go outside and go barefoot on bare earth because we know the earth has all this abundant negative ions that heals our bodies and kills off all the inflammation? But most of all, when we get out of these square boxes, these little cages that we live in and see the vastness of nature, it instantly resets our spirits, our emotions, to realize that that really big problem you thought you had wasn't that big after all. Like everybody that watches a sunrise or a sunset has that experience of just feeling the relief that life is so much more vast and beautiful and magical than that work problem you were struggling with. You know, so, so, Optimizing your environment is not a small thing. It can massively change your health and your life and your whole perspective on life. And a lot of the problems that we hit our head against the wall with over and over again, if you just stop, got outside and watched a sunset and take some deep breaths with your barefoot on bare earth, notice how you can come back to your office, to your problem, and instantly the solution could just come to you. 
So that's another example where we've made things way too hard. It doesn't, life doesn't have to be so hard. I think a big part of the super wellness message is like, let's stop struggling. Let's surrender and allow the abundance and the healing of nature to flow through our lives again. And just be shocked and surprised by how potent and powerful this free stuff is. That you have access to it. You just need to give yourself permission. So H is for coming home. E is for environment. A, I didn't come up with this acronym before when I wrote the book, but I'm going to tweak what A is. A is actually get your three A's in order. There's three A's because everybody thinks that you got to eat a super healthy diet to be healthy, right? But let me ask you this. How long can a human body survive without eating physical food? I don't want anybody out there to test this, but just theoretically. Matt, how long can you go without eating food? I looked it up. Does that count? But go ahead. What, is the, what does the internet say? Um, well, apparently you could do 21 days. The average person could do 21 days reasonably like health free, but I read, I think the record was like somebody documented in a concentration camp was like 60 days, 70 days, something ridiculous. Okay. Yeah. And, um, uh, on my podcast, I featured this documentary called in the beginning, there was light about people that are quote unquote breatharians who can go for much longer actually, supposedly. Um, I don't want anybody out there testing this out. But the point is, like, it's been said that Jesus fasted for 40 days, and many people I know will do prolonged water fast, hopefully very carefully and professionally supervised water fast so that it's safe. People can go for quite a, a few days. So a I week, originally- two weeks, three weeks, 30, 40 days, somewhere along those lines, if you're drinking water. Yeah, I thought it was like something small at first before I looked it up was like 12, 13 days or something like max. And then I was like, oh my God, you could do 21 days. And then um, I heard in Yogananda's book, The Autobiography of a Yogi, um, one of them was a breatharian. Um, also, um, yeah, I know of a person that she does like, I thought water was the one that you can't get around, but she did, uh, she's like every year I do seven days or 10 days. It was 10 days, no food or water and I was like wait water too she's like yeah no water I was like I thought it was like five days she's like I do 10 I was like holy crap <laughs> and that's someone I met personally so again it just so, it- well since I have a medical license I have a little professional liability to say please don't push yourself and test this this is just a theoretical conversation if you do decide to do any form of fasting it really causes the body to do a lot of detoxification and healing which means you really need to be professionally supervised and be well-educated about how to prepare for this kind of a detox, right? So this is a theoretical conversation. Let's say theoretically a person, if they had access to water, could survive for 20, 30, 40 days, right? But how long can a person survive without drinking water if they're not a trained yogi, qigong master, breatharian type person? Probably how long? Two, three days? Yeah, something like that. Okay, so from that perspective, I just want to put that into perspective. Is it possible your hydration is 10 times as important as your nutrition? Hmm. Yes. 
So how often do you focus on the quality of your hydration, the quality of water you drink, and also how much do you study about how to get the water to work properly in your physiology and in your cells? Because it's been found that water has a memory and structure and the mineral content and so on, and also what's in your tap water. Have you looked it up? There's, I have a whole chapter on this in the book. We won't go into all that detail, but I just want everybody to consider that what if your hydration is 10 times as important as your nutrition? Something to think about. Now, take it to a whole other level. How long can you live without breathing air? How long? Mm, I think again, <laughs> I always look at the max. I think David Blaine did what, like 15 minutes, but the average Joe is like, uh, you know, I don't know, probably like 45 seconds before they're like, oh God, I can't breathe. Yeah, it's something <laughs> like that. Or a couple of minutes. I know that yeah. in the people who do the Wim Hof method after they do rounds of 30, 40 big um, hyperoxygenation breaths, they can go for a few minutes just laying there breathless, but they're very well oxygenated at that point. So let's say it's a few minutes. So what if air is thousands and thousands of times more important than hydration, which is 10x more important than your nutrition? Everybody listening to this call probably has had experience of cleaning up your food and really feeling great. So I'm just saying you're going to blow your mind if you learn a lot about hydration, that's going to be 10x. If you learn about breathing, that's going to be thousands and thousands times more potent and just straight, like straight to the chase, powerful self-healing tool for you. And all of it is important. I'm just saying, let's put things back into their proper place and proper perspective. So H-E-A-L-T-H, A is really about get your air, your agua, and your umph back in order. What's the umph? Eating. Um. <laughs> My husband came up with that because we put it into the A acronym. So air, then agua, and then um. I love it. Wait, but can you say it like, so the water ones come up for me and I've heard a lot of different things about like filters and spring water and stuff like that. What the, sometimes I get epic water. Sometimes I don't. What's the easiest way to get good, high quality water? What do you recommend? The easiest way is different depending on your locale, of course. Yeah. What do you have like access to? So in terms of tap water, here in the United States, you can go to the Environmental Working Group website, ewg.org slash tap water. And you can actually look up, uh, I'm sorry, this is a little bit bad news, the contaminants that's in your tap water in your zip code. Um, other places in the world, I don't know if you have a database like that, but the point is that depending on what kind of tap water you have, you'll need a different kind of filtration system. And here in the U.S., far too many communities still have fluoride in our water. But it's not just that. It's something in researching for the book, it's been found that like 90-something percent um, of the water samples around the world have too high levels of plastic in it. And that a lot of the tap water systems, because of people flushing drugs down the toilet or just the city water closed loop system recycles wastewater, they clean out the germs, but they don't necessarily clean out all the pharmaceutical drugs and runoffs from industrial waste and so on can start to contaminate your water. I'm sorry to bring bad news if this is new to you. It's just let's be realistic. Right now, that's the world we live in and let's change it, of course. But for now, Get the right kind of water filtration system, whether it's a Berkey filter, 
or reverse osmosis or distillation device to purify your water based on what kind of stuff in your water you have coming through the pipe. And um, so my favorite is that where possible, I get spring water in a glass bottle. That's my number one choice. If I live near some kind of a natural sacred spring that has a live water flowing through, I'd love to get that too. I also like reverse osmosis or distillation, but that means that the water has no minerals and it can be kind of in terms of is electrical properties and the structure of the water molecules can be a little bit dead. So you need to figure out how to vortex the water and add the minerals back in to bring the aliveness back into that water so that it hydrates you properly. So the book goes into that. And if we ever have a chance to do a workshop together, we'll dive way deeper into that stuff. So that's the short version about the water. Perfect. Thanks. Yeah, I was wondering because I've looked at so many different filters. Like I used to go buy alkaline water in a jug, spring water when you can get it, but you, you can't test it. So you got to hope that it's good. And then I think my buddy got like an ISO pure or something. It's like that. I don't know if what it's called, but it's a big aluminum one. And then do you ever see those? And he, he was really messed himself up, but he swears by that thing. I can't remember what it's called though. Well, the Berkey looks like that. A big. Probably the Berkey then. Yeah, I'm a big fan of the Berkey. At our place, we drink freshly delivered spring water and, and the hot water that we boil for teas and stuff and that we water our plants with is all Berkey water, which is, okay. which is a Berkey has the ability to filter out the fluorine and the chloride out of your water and a lot of other contaminants. So back to that journey, H-E-A, you see this is like reestablishing a whole different operating system for your health. It takes you on this journey where you essentially give birth to yourself as a completely new kind of human being, right? So all the bits and pieces, you've probably all heard everything I've said, but it puts it back into a kind of cohesive journey so that after H-E-A, the next part, L, is lightening up. And when it comes to lightening up, yes, what I just thought about was like the regular society is operating on like Windows 98 of health. We just like have this coding that just, just, just doesn't work. And you're well, offering, I don't know, like Mac Leopard or something. Probably maybe a Windows one worked. I don't know. I haven't been over there for a while, but that's, 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 that's what I say. Totally what we're talking about here. That's exactly it. You're, you're completely upgrading your operating system and then you decide what kind of apps you want to run. But I guarantee all the apps will run way better once you upgrade your OS like this, right? So H-E-A-L stands for lightening up. And that means lightening up on all levels. And everybody thinks, oh, you know, I gotta count my calories and don't overeat. We all know that most Americans way overeat, but what if you don't have to count your calories? Because by the time you've already optimized your sunshine, your sleep, your nature time, your breath, your hydration, naturally you're not that hungry. You're nourishing yourself with all the non-food things in such an optimal way that you're not really needing, you're not craving, it's called the crowding out method in nutrition when you eat the healthy foods so you don't eat the junk foods. I'm saying use the crowding out method with your whole life. Have a joyful, vibrant life that's filled with air and sunshine and nature and music and hugs and goodness and you're not gonna be that hungry for the junk food. It's just a side effect that you're gonna naturally lighten up your food and not overeat anymore like most Americans do. Cause you're actually nourishing your body, mind and soul in the way that you were meant to nourish yourself. 
And then you naturally eat a little bit less and you naturally learn how to savor your food by chewing every bite and enjoying and appreciating all the flavors. So in the L module of Super Wellness, we guide people in this beautiful mindful eating practice where we learn to eat as if for the very first time. We let go of all that old baggage and old ways of relating to food and taste every morsel properly and let your body show you what it wants and what it doesn't want. And when it comes to lightening up, we also explore the benefits of juicing and cleansing, you know, different kinds of fasting, but not in the traditional sense of like, I gotta heal my body and detoxify and lose weight, but as a method to clarify our inner connection, to not have all this extraneous foods coming in that cloud our inner vision and our inner clarity. It's really like taking a break from the bombardment of, we have indigestion with food and indigestion with life. So L for lightening up is like, get rid of distractions as much as possible. And that includes your food and drinks. If you simplify and lighten up, your inner awareness will wake up in a way that will be so magical and surprising. And lightening up also means doing a digital detox, being super mindful of what kind of streams of information you allow into your home. It's just like, do you wanna be piping violence and anger and frustration through the boob tube into your home all the time? You know, your home is your sacred resting place. Be really conscious of what kind of information you let through your screens, your phones, and your TVs, and the kinds of books you read, the kinds of conversations you choose to have with people, lighten all of that up. So it's a big project. L for lightening up, that could be a whole lifetime's practice just by itself. But you see this is like these components will never go out of style. These are just a way to live life as the new kind of human being that is aware of these things. So after lightening up, this is the big game changer. T stands for thoughts and T stands for truth. Now, the reason it's ordered like that is because probably you and I, many people listening to this call right now have had those experiences of going to a meditation retreats or transformational retreats. But if you're sleep deprived, if you're eating horrible junky foods that you're allergic to, if you haven't been outside or seen nature in like years, you've been living like a vampire and somebody says, okay, do a meditation, go within and let go of your old programming and, and find your inner truth. What is your sole purpose? You can't do it. You are too distracted by the, the stress and the inflammation. Your brain's all inflamed because you're eating the wrong food. You're dehydrated. You're sleep deprived. You need this vessel to be attuned in a certain way before you do that really deep inner work. Everybody knows that your thoughts create your reality now. Everybody knows that our job as human beings is to attune and align ourselves to listen to that inner truth. But it's not that simple. You need a certain preparatory work to get to that state where you can do that work. And that's the real game changer of this H-E-A-L-T-H progression is that do be patient enough to do all that other work so that you can do the really deep work. So T is for thoughts, T is for truth. 
in that module, in that part of the book, we introduce some of my favorite tools and strategies for healing old stressful thoughts, for letting go of those beliefs that don't serve us, and for learning simple inner awareness practices, guided meditations, where we can find that clarity, the answers from, from within. And that sounds beautiful and magical and mystical. And I'm just telling everybody that it will, the magic happens if you have the patient to do the H-E-A-L first and then go to these kinds of transformational workshops. You'll get so much faster, more beautiful results if you have the patience to cultivate yourselves and respect the depth of that work by preparing your physical vessel in the right way first. You know? I believe that is our duty as human beings to purify our physical beings so that we can bring the best of ourselves to that kind of deeper work. And finally, the last age is when we do all of this work, what's the result? The result is what's so popular now, which is the state of living from the heart and radiating the field of heart coherence into the world where we bring our optimal flow state into every situation and just infect the world with goodness. Infect our communities, our families, our society with this much more harmonious information and energy field that we all have the ability to radiate. It's just a matter of choosing to cultivate our system so that we become that force for good in the energy field. And being really aware of the, not just the quantity of energy, but the quality of energy that we bring to every situation in our lives. So the last H stands for living from the heart. That's it. So at the end of that journey, if you've upgraded all these aspects of your life, you are, congratulations, officially part of the new humanity the new kind of beautiful human being that has access to all the dimensions of life that is actually self-empowered in your own well-being. And if you've tapped into all these components of H-E-L-T-H, I feel what happens is, and this is what my thousands of patients and participants in my workshops tell me, it's not that you never have hardship in your life, it's that you never feel like you're a victim of life circumstances anymore. You feel fully, you feel like you have the power back in your hands and you feel almost excited by life's challenges because you have the tools and the confidence within yourself to meet life's challenges and to know that life is here for your growth and learning and you don't have to be beaten down by it so easily. That's amazing. I love that. Well, when you're going through what it made me think about was like, I think what we're doing culturally is we're looking for like the pill or the quick fix or the suit or the gadget or like the magical crystal or the science or something rather than like just the absolute basics that we've been living with since the beginning of time, like nature and breath and connecting to our body and exercise and all these other stuff because we're moving so much into an artificial reality. It's frightening. You know, like I'd love to see the study on how much we're looking at a screen 
and how much we're sucked into a fake world. And people are, are more immersed in um, these fake worlds, whether it's television shows, um, social media accounts, any screen that you're looking in is sucking you into some sort of illusion um, that's not real. And, and how much do you actually need to be there rather than going outside like kids, you know, when I was a kid, this was just starting to happy, happen. I'd play uh, hockey, I'd go skateboarding, I would uh, do all these different things. And video games were just starting to come in. He, internet was on dial up, you had to kick someone off the phone to use it. Um, so who knows, you're getting like an iPad stuck to your face right away. And so it's funny that we got to go back to these natural things that just make perfect sense to kind of break away from the illusion. And it takes that choice, because I think we're also attached to this like instant gratification of like, Ooh, like I want to do this and it's going to feel good, you know? And that's why we eat the candy and we do all these different things. Cause it's like this instant thing. There's no work. And so if we go out into nature, it's just like, what is the benefit to this? Like being outside here, you know, it takes a moment of reconditioning. Um, but I think that that's brilliant and powerful. And I'm sure that there's a lot more, um, processes in there and and information on what you can do at each of these levels to apply it in your life in an easy way and i am definitely a firm believer that whatever is simple is most likely the most powerful um you know i've i've heard that um different quotes like i don't know like the real wisdom is simple or some stuff like that and and when i wrote the books an athlete it was taking all these ideas that were you know could be out there it's just like this is what you apply and this is the result you'll get it's actually not that hard we're just not doing it you know and so how do we get back to doing the simple things that will create a result. So, um, and it changes your, your core programming. Everything there is just so simple, it changes your core programming and it will massively have an effect. Um, we only got like five minutes left because I know you got a little one coming in. It's a hard stop. It's going to just wreak havoc on the whole situation. So what I want to do is um, give it back to you for anything that you'd like to say, anything you'd like to share. If you want to share, I know you have a very interesting DMT experience about doing a night or like t days in darkness. Um, so you can either share a little bit of that story, what you think is possible for human potential, one of your most out there stories, or maybe we can just do a whole nother podcast on it because we did touch uh, a little bit on some of the stuff at the beginning. And, and usually these stories take a lot of effort so because um, they're long, but I'll, I'll, I'll leave that back to you with anything that you want to share. I can go over a little bit if you're not in a rush because my boy hasn't come in yet. I'll so. sit here all day. Okay, so um, happy to share a little bit about my dark room meditation retreat story if people are interested. Um, in 2013, I went away to Thailand to this retreat center that is built by Mantak Chia. He's a famous Qigong teacher and he has a retreat center that has this one building especially that is specially designed for meditation in darkness for prolonged days. Darkness meditation is a practice that is um, part of the ancient yogic practices. The Qigong masters have a darkness meditation practice. The Egyptians have it. This group in um, Colombia named the Kogi Mamos or Kogi Mamas, they have a, a practice where their teachers, shamans, and seers are largely raised for years in darkness. And in that state, your melatonin level saturates and it metabolizes into DMT that people know that's responsible for the visionary states that you see during dream states. And there are people that take DMT or, or other psychedelics to have awakening experiences, right? To see beyond the veil of this th physical world. Well, a darkness retreat, instead of taking that medicine from outside in, is cultivating that medicine from inside out. 
And I love that because the Chinese Qigong, um, actually that's the name of my clinic, my wellness center in San Francisco is Dan Tian Wellness. Dan Tian is the Chinese Qigong term for the inner field of medicine or the inner field of elixir that if we knew how to cultivate ourselves the right way, the perfect physiology and biochemistry can be produced from inside out. So that's another piece that I feel like our world, um, there's beautiful things about medicines that we can take from outside in to awaken these experiences, but there's something really powerful about not even needing to take anything. Just through breath work and meditation, and in this case, the patience to be in prolonged darkness, to meet your fears, to meet all of your thoughts full on for days at a time. There's nothing, there's, there are no words to describe just how beautiful that can be if you give yourself permission and the courage to do that kind of work. So the darkroom meditation retreat I went to was led by this amazing meditation teacher named Jazz Muheen from Australia. And this particular retreat was 11 days where we spent nine days and nine nights in complete darkness. And so it's said that the first two or three days, most people just sleep a lot. And that's what I did. I didn't realize I wasn't feeling particularly sleep deprived, but I was shocked that all my life I've lived in cities and I had no idea how delicious complete darkness could be. Just like imagine if you're a vampire living indoors in artificial light all your life and you went outside and you saw the full spectrum of beautiful light and colors and everything. You just, you blow your mind what you've been missing. Well, I realized I was missing the opposite. I had never experienced just how delicious complete darkness could be. This building is designed so that there's not one photon of light that could come inside. Like all the windows were covered in such a way that the air could ventilate, but not one photon of light could come in. And the building had, I think, five layers of dark curtains so that the, the staff there could service the building and bring juices and water and stuff, wearing night vision goggles. But as they come and go, they don't bring any light in because there's all these layers of dark curtains. So you're in this building for prolonged periods of time and you sleep a lot in the beginning and gradually you're so saturated and so nourished. It was indescribable. I just felt like I had, after two or three days of sleeping a lot, I just felt like so fresh and so juiced up that I had no necessity to sleep anymore. And so for the subsequent seven days, I maybe took a little nap here or there, but hardly did, ever slept. Just, just felt completely at peace and relaxed. And the visionary states, as the DMT is being produced in my body, all this beautiful vision starts unfolding and unfolding and unfolding. You're nonstop seeing geometry patterns of reality. And every time you meditate, everybody has the, has this experience probably when you meditate and you go still you have this like wow the insight comes well in the dark room what i experienced was that when the insight came it wasn't just like a sensation of an aha moment or an inner knowingness it was that it was shown to you in this like super omnivision hd tv psychedelic color scenery and so all your senses are engaged 
and you feel so confident in these answers that come to you that you have no doubt. And sometimes it's like big questions about, you know, what is my life purpose and why am I here and how is this related to my past lives or anything like that. But sometimes it was like, oh, I have to build this website. What's the website going to look like? And then boom, it was just shown to you. So in a way, it's kind of a very efficient way to be a human being. You're tuned in to inspiration in such a beautiful way that you don't have like inefficiencies anymore. The answers come so clear and so fast. And I had done some cleansing and purification and I was fasting during the retreat. So that gave just an unobstructed vehicle for all that information to come through. But what I really want to share is the experience of transitioning back out to regular life. Because what good is an experience like this? We talked about this before. You know, so many of us in the spiritual, like spiritual psychonauts out there are so good at having these epic experiences. But what about when you come back out into the world? How do you integrate, you know? So I had all these experiences of meeting multidimensional beings and spirits and guidance and my past lives and my future lives. All these incredible things were shown to me throughout those days. And then the last night at sunset time, we come out of the dark building and we're given these sunglasses because even though a sunset, it still feels really bright when you come out of the dark cave. And as your eyes gradually feel more comfortable and start adjusting, you take off your sunglasses and you just start to look around at the flower, at the leaf, and at the rock. And it is this beautiful, multidimensional, psychedelic, gorgeous experiences of seeing the depth of colors and dimensionality and the beauty and the just indescribable gorgeousness of life. And I remember gazing at the sunset just as it was like the last couple seconds peeking down and I just started sobbing because you realize that first of all, it's so beautiful, but mostly I started sobbing with this blend of intense gratitude and intense grief that most of us are walking around life feeling, you know, stressed out, anxious. It's like our society, we're a bunch of zombies walking around not realizing just how gorgeous life is. So there was this intense gratitude and also intense grief that most of us are walking around not realizing that this is here all the time. We just don't have the eyes to see it. We're missing out. We're missing out on just how intensely beautiful these simple things in life really is. So I made a commitment to myself, and I'm not always perfect, but it changed me forever that I won't go back to not to the old me. You know, it was at least the veils parted for long enough for me to realize that this kind of intense beauty and abundance and magic and sacredness is around us all the time. And we just need to keep our eyes open to that dimension. Yeah, so 
the dark room retreat is not for everybody, obviously. It's a big, intense experience and requires that we respect it properly and prepare properly for it. But if people feel called to it, check it out. Look up dark room retreats. There's more, more of these happening around the world. But the one I did was at Tao Gardens in, in Thailand with Jas Muheen, and I recommend it highly. Sounds incredible. I've heard about them before and I've also heard about ancient practices and also like a Freemason thing that they do um, where they put you at 30 days in darkness or something like that. And uh, it's supposed to have some sort of incredibly profound experience. And so it's supposed to be like an ancient practice that I have heard of before. Um, but I haven't heard of it like, you know, a lot. Like there's a lot of other stuff out there, but not commonly like someone's done dark room retreats. I've heard of Vipassana a lot, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. But thank you for sharing that experience. This is, that sounds awesome. Um, so anything else that you want to share? This has been amazing. There's so much amazing practical information that anyone can use. Um, but is there anything else that you want to share anything you wish that I had asked and make sure you tell people where they can find out more about you? Um, yeah, I'd love if this kind of conversation interests you, I want to encourage you guys to check out the book. Of course, it's called super wellness. You can get it on Amazon. It's not super wellness, but it's super wellness. One word. You'll find it pretty easily. That way we have an awesome website called superwellness.com that has a lot of awesome free information. But I know that if you love Matt's podcast, you're into kind of next level, kind of cutting edge, next level conversations. And I also have an awesome podcast. I'd love to invite Matt onto sometime too. It's called The Dr. E Show. It's really easy to find. So you can check out thedreshow.com. There's a lot of awesome conversations there to enjoy too. Awesome. Yeah, well, for sure. I'll come on anytime. And yeah, I love that. Just like, cutting edge conversations about possibility. And I'm so glad that uh, you're doing it too, because we need, um, we need those people that are able to navigate both those worlds, you know, science and medicine and practical grounded knowledge and what works with open-mindedness and research and um, being able to navigate those two is a very special thing. So, so uh, thank you for your book. Thank you for your work. Um, I invite people to check out the book and the podcast. I'm sure it's freaking awesome. I'll check out a few episodes myself. And uh, just thanks for coming on the show. It was such an honor. What an awesome conversation. I can't wait to continue it again. Sounds good. Have an amazing day. Thank you. See you guys. All right, wonderful podcast family. That wraps up that incredible episode with Dr. Edith. I hope that you enjoyed it. It was full of just such practical and empowering knowledge. If you want to support and spread the vibe and spread this knowledge, please share screenshots on Instagram, tagging me at Matt Belair. Share on Facebook, leave a review on iTunes, but most importantly, do one kind act today. That is the best way you can support the show. For those of you guys who are interested, I am open up more coaching in two uh, plans basically one is the person who wants to define execute and create a life vision they don't even know where to start i'm bringing you from basically a to z and the second is an entrepreneur a business owner that really wants to level up they want to learn the art and science of peak performance superhuman visionary tactics and everything that i have learned from shaolin monks to interviewing over 200 people to wim hof cold breathing and traveling to over 30 
30 countries studying with masters. This is the real deal on peak performance, uh, personal development, spirituality, contribution, and making an impact on the world. So if you guys are interested in that, you want to talk about some coaching, consulting, training your team, hit me up at mattbelair.com forward slash coaching, make an inquiry, and I'm happy to help you out. So thank you guys so much for listening. It's always a privilege and honor to be with you. And before we close this out, let's come to a a powerful state of peace and coherence all together, taking a deep breath in through your nose. Hold that breath, setting the intention to come to peace and presence. Just let that breath out slowly with all the cares, all the worries, all the self-limitations, self-doubts, coming to total peace, presence, and personal empowerment, ready to take on the day. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.